Hello and welcome to Community Concepts on localjobnetwork.com radio. I'm Azure from the Local Job Network, and I'm here with Greg Williams. Are you ready to get started, Greg? I sure am. So, Greg, um, what do you do with your work with veterans? I do a little bit of everything. All right. My job title is uh, I work for the State of Wisconsin Office of Veteran Services, and uh, I'm a lead worker. Uh, with that organization. LVER is the official title, which stands for Local Veterans Employment Rep. Okay. We have LVERs and we have DVOPs, Disabled Veterans Outreach Personnel. And uh, my responsibilities are to meet with uh, companies, to meet with organizations, to meet with agencies, and to work directly with veterans, and then serve as a lead worker for the the, uh, DVOPs in Milwaukee. There's also one other lead worker in Milwaukee. Milwaukee is the only uh, city in the state that has two LVERs, or the only uh, WDA, which is Workforce Development Area um, in the state. We're the only ones that have two lead workers because Milwaukee is, you know, the largest and has the largest number of veterans. Excellent. Um, uh, That's a pretty rewarding job. Yeah. Well, um, if you've... And I know you've paid attention to the news and everything. Right. It's not monetarily rewarding, <laughs> especially uh, in the last couple months. But uh, it is rewarding. Uh, the real reward is the inner reward, the reward you get for, as a veteran myself, helping other veterans. Yeah. I imagine that, um, you know, coming home and, and after, you know, if you're done with the military and wanting to find more of a civilian civilian job, um, your job might be kind of a, an envied one, if you will. Um, how did you get into your role? Like everyone else that comes home, it took me a while to, to acclimate myself to civilian life. And I did a lot of different things. I worked in a lot of different jobs. I worked in a foundry for a while, which immediately let me know that I need to go to college because I'm not <laughs> going to work in a foundry. And I, um, I guess I just progressed in through a lot of different jobs. I worked in the music industry. I worked um, in sales. I taught um, marketing for a while at a school. But I uh, always had a view that I needed to uh, give back. For me, being a Vietnam veteran and a combat veteran, there are people that I uh, will never forget that I owe something to. So this is my way of giving back. Well, um, I think it's a great way to give back. So... Um, what is what is probably the favorite your favorite aspect of your job? To me, the um, biggest thing is when when you're working with a veteran and they actually do get work, especially when it's someone who's been looking for a long period of time, and then some suggestions that you've made or some uh, doing an employability plan together. When it actually comes together, works out, and he's got a job or she's got a job, that's that's the greatest thing of all. And then right after that is just talking to veterans and getting them back to where they are happy to be looking for work. Because like anything else, we're all human. And after a long series or six months or eight months or even a year of looking, you start getting discouraged. That can do a number on your self-esteem. And it does. And uh, when I can remind them of their good qualities and work with them and, and bring those out, to see them leave the office with hope again and with a renewed energy is also a great great thing. And what was what was your role in the military? I uh, originally I was in the Marine Corps 
Okay. And I served four years. And uh, my original assignment was uh, in field service. I repaired infrared sensor gear. But when I got over there, I got there just prior to the first Tet Offensive. And um, it was every Marine is also taught to be a rifleman. And I immediately was thrown into the role of a rifleman again because this was this Tet Offensive was all new to us. Then uh, served as a rifleman for about two months, and then I finally got to my unit, which was the first field service re- regiment that did all types of repair for the guys out in the field. And somebody came up with the idea that the uh, recon, reconnaissance Marines, it would be a good idea to have repair, infrared sensor repair people go along with them and repair the stuff while they're putting it out in the field. So I ended up doing that. Yeah, um, from the veterans that I've talked to, it seems like you don't just have one job in the military. <laughs> you you do everything, you know, that you can do. And that alone, you know, makes you a very valuable employee that you have that experience of, you know, that hard work and being able to cover all your bases and being accountable for everything. Well, you're right. The other, the other thing to remember, too, is when you're in the military, you don't have to be with the uh, a unit that long or you don't have to do a job that long you'll you can be 21 years old and be in charge of a you know a 50 million or 150 million dollar piece of equipment Mm -hmm. it's so it's an age has nothing to do with it it's just ability and and everybody in the military that's been there a while has increased their rank because they've shown and proven the abilities excellent um so if i was a veteran and i was returning home um and i was looking for a job what would be your advice for me to do as a first step? The, they've already taken the first step. They're meeting with me. Or they're <laughs> meeting with, uh, you know, an LVR or a DVOP in, in their community or in their area, a job service. Because though we're the Office of Veteran Services, we actually work for the Division of Employment and Training, and it's part of the Department of Workforce Development. So they've come into a job service office or they've registered online We've got their name. We know they're a veteran. They've made that first step, and that's a very important step. There's a lot of veterans that don't do that. So once they've come in, then we sit down and we talk about a couple different things. Are they looking for a job or are they looking for a career? That's important. Then after that, we'll, uh, we'll look a little further. We'll look at, if they want, we'll look at labor market information, if they're looking for a career, to see what direction they can take and if that career that they're looking at really is is sometimes you find somebody who really wanted to do something after they find out what's all involved they go well geez I'm not real certain of that and you know maybe I don't maybe I'll look at something else then we look at the knowledge skills and abilities that they have and we try to match them up with um, employment that those same knowledge skills and abilities or transferable skills can go into it, it's a, a drawn-out process but it doesn't take real long I'd say within an hour we can do an assessment with a veteran and and make some decisions and of course we also will look at the um, the educational aspect if they need to expand in their education before before they can go into that career and so it's definitely a an, an important step to take that um, highly recommended for veterans to to come and see their local DBOPs or leavers um, so I, I think that that's that's valuable for them to know that you know not everyone takes advantage of such a great resource. Well, that, that's true, uh, although the, the numbers are far greater than they, they used to be because uh, the state of Wisconsin now has, um, is online, so veterans can simply register online. They can register from their home, wherever. 
we see those registrations and then we're able to to do outreach to them and contact them and and you know either set up an appointment or meet with them or meet with them in a group it's um it's a lot better than the old system was years ago where it had to be a you know you had to one-on-one and hunt out the veteran or the veteran had to hunt out the job service office now all they have to do is register online so if i was again if i was a veteran and i came home um an unfortunate uh, disability had occurred in in the process of me serving um, and i came back and i wasn't able to go back to my old job or um you know there what what steps should i take well, once someone has gotten out of the military and maybe has gotten a medical discharge or is, has just gone through the end of their date and doesn't have any severe disabilities, the thing about service-connected disabilities are it's any illness or injury that you've received during your time in the service. When you get out, you should go to the wherever the VA uh, medical center, closest medical center is, and get a total evaluation. They evaluate you as you're getting out. But that just shows that they're acknowledging these issues or these problems. Uh, Once you get back, now you're a veteran. Now you need to go to a VA medical center, and they will look at you, and they will determine what percentage of a disability you have. You can have anywhere from 100% all the way down to a 0%. Sounds odd, but a 0% disability is where there's a an illness or an injury that isn't affecting you now, but they know as time goes by, it will start to. And that's one of the things we ask when we talk to veterans. Even though our job is uh, an employment uh, job, it is employment issues, we know enough about benefits. I always tell a veteran, I know enough about benefits to be dangerous, (laughs) which means I know who I can send them to and I know what questions to ask them. So we always ask about illness or injuries because it's amazing how many veterans been ill or injured sometime during their service time that really haven't uh, done anything about it or haven't really reported it. It may be in medical reports, but they've never, in getting out, they've never mentioned it. So, so we do that. And then when we come up with, once they've received a disability rating, then we can help depending on what that rating is. The VA here, there is a, a program called the Chapter 31 Vocational Rehabilitation Program. If a veteran is 30% or greater service-connected disabled, they may pay for his schooling or they'll do an evaluation and they'll try to get him into a career or a vocation that that will more suit his or her needs now uh, based on that disability. And and that can be a severe disability or it can be one that isn't, that you're not even, you know, aware of. All of the veterans that work in this program, all of the LVRs and all of the DVOPs that work for the state of Wisconsin, are service-connected disabled veterans. That service-connected disability can also help uh, because federal employment, state employment, they give extra um, credit to veterans that have disabilities. Certain disabilities will allow them to be hired uh, in a direct placement in government rather than going through the regular process. So it's an important step and it's an important issue and that's why we ask every veteran that comes in. Yeah, and you know, if uh, if you went back to your employer and they said, you know, due to your disability, you can no longer, for example, work in ex- construction. Um, is there any besides obviously going to the local VA and and getting that? Is there anything that they can do legally with that company, as far as maybe going for an office type job or anything like that? 
Well, that, that's a little outside of my parameters. Okay. Um, there are laws that's called, that are called the USERRA laws that protect veterans uh, coming back uh, with employment. You're exactly right, though. Some of them may no longer be able to do that job because of physical limitations. And um, sometimes we, they can work around that, sometimes not. But there is one individual um, in the state of Wisconsin that works out of Madison that's his area of responsibility. He works for, his name is Dan Schmitz, and he works for the uh, U.S. Department of Labor, the Veterans Employment and Training Service. He serves kind of as the as an adjudicator, so to speak, to, to determine um, if the veteran has, his rights are being violated or not. So if um, a veteran left and, and went into the service, and, or I should say, if uh, an active member went into the service and had to leave their employment, um, there are legal um, bounds that the employer has to hold by that says, you know, they're on a leave of absence due to the military. When they come back, their job is available. Um, now, if they come back and there is no disability or anything, and the employer, you know, your job has been filled, I apologize. Is there any, you know, any legal actions that they can take right. in that right. that's, scenario? That's part of getting... Same thing. Uh, making that um, making that request uh, based on the USERRA laws, and that's when uh, Mr. Schmitz would get involved, and Dan would um, would go to the company and talk to the company about. It. And it it is a difficult thing. I've my background. I've had a small business uh, prior. I worked for the state of Wisconsin. I left, went into a private industry, and uh, after I sold my business, I came back to once again work with veterans and. As an employer, the way we're utilizing our military now is very difficult, especially for small employers. You know, um, we use a lot of reservists and a lot of National Guard. Most of those people have jobs, and uh, when they leave, that position needs to be filled. Mm -hmm. Sometimes maybe you'll even uh, a company will even fill it with somebody that maybe is even a little bit better than that veteran was at the job. But based on the law, under the USERRA laws, any benefits that come along while that veteran is gone is serving, he gets. If there were raises while he was gone, those raises come back. If there were promotions to people in his pay grade, then he or she should receive those promotions upon returning. And it does get difficult. Sometimes uh, companies don't have a position anymore. Or you leave and look how many companies, how the economy has changed. Companies have closed down or or have, you know, have, have uh, at least laid off in their company. It, it gets a lot trickier as to how we're going to work with that veteran or how they can work with the veteran. And once again, that's where our um, adjudicator, Dan Schmitz, comes in. That's very helpful to know. Um, is there any common question that you get um, from veterans uh, kind of on a regular basis? Well, and that comes back to the two groups of veterans that are out there. We've got recently separated, and recently separated veterans can be veterans that have just served one, you know, one tour, or it can be the veterans that are actually retiring out of the military. And it's amazing how young some of those veterans are. I mean, if they went in at 18, they can be retiring out at 38 years old. They've got a whole other career ahead of them. They're not done with the, you know, with employment in their lives. So different those two different groups have decidedly different questions. Uh, the retirees are coming out and are, are looking for work similar to what they've done for the most part. 
their questions are, you know, what what type of uh, income can they count on when they come out? And surprisingly, in this economy, a lot of them are actually going to have to take pay cuts when they leave the military because the civilian pay is not on the same scale, depending on the type of job. Right. Um, a lot of the, uh, veterans that are getting out uh, on retirement also ask about um, the possibility of starting their own businesses. And uh, there are some very excellent opportunities for veterans to go into business for themselves. Under the uh, Small Business Administration, they have the um, they have a, a Patriot Loan Act where they can, uh, within minutes, can find out whether they'd be eligible or not. And um, the younger uh, veterans, uh, their questions are, are more on the lines of most of them. We have to ask them first what you know, again, are you looking for a job or are you looking for a career? This is what you need to do. So their questions are more along the lines of, of going to school mm-hmm. and, and because there's excellent benefits available to veterans that are getting on the service now. And if not school, because, uh, again, when we talk to veterans, a lot of veterans went into the service because they didn't like school. Right. They, they didn't like school. They didn't do well in high school or they did well and they graduated but they were tired of school. So we need to ease them back. If, if they're going to go back into uh, schooling, we need to ease them into the, um, in, back into that school force. Maybe go to night school first or take a little less classes when you start. Because that's a, especially for veterans that, that uh, didn't enjoy the school experience. And I was one of them. <laughs> that was the, uh, we need to do a little more work with them. But the other plus side is... We ask them and, and look into the fact that they can go into the trades. Um, they can utilize those same benefits while they're, while they're going to school and, or working with different, um, different unions. And there are some specialty programs that we have available as well. Uh, this is, in the state of Wisconsin, 2011 was the 100th anniversary of the apprenticeship programs. So these veterans, we talked to them about an electrician, plumbing, pipe fitting, uh, explain a little bit about the apprenticeship programs. Well, again, the, that's a little bit outside of my my area of expertise. Sure. But we do have just started something new. We're one of the few states in the country. There's a program now called the VIP program. It's Veterans in Piping. Okay. And uh, veterans go through, it's actually, it's, it's almost like a boot camp. Um, it's a selected group. I think we're on our third class now, approximately 20 veterans at a time, and they they go up to um, Fort McCoy and Fort Douglas, that area, and uh, they train for 20 weeks. They learn the basics of, you know, in the piping industry, which would be plumbing, pipe fitters, Mm -hmm. that type of thing. And after 20 weeks, they're guaranteed a job, not necessarily in the state of Wisconsin. The majority are the state of Wisconsin, but um, they're guaranteed a job after 20 weeks, but all 20 weeks are up there. and they uh, go into the job as a second-year apprentice. So they've jumped the chain a little bit. And I think that's important because the trades are aging, just like our workforce everywhere else. And there was mm-hmm. a, a number of years where they weren't taking young individuals or very many young individuals into the trades. So it works out well for them as well because they're getting quality people and they're, they're able to um, – they're very trainable – 
uh, veterans are used to in the military when when you go through any type of training you know whether it be an electronics technician or anything else you don't go through a program like you do at a tech school tech school ch- still tries to make you well-rounded you may have to take an english class and it, as far as the military is concerned this is your job everything that they teach you is related to that job so those veterans are are already in a compressed training are coming from compressed training type uh, backgrounds. So this compressed training in the VIP program works out really well for them. And going back to what you had said before um, about all the different from for small businesses um, and going to school. Now, I know that you said there's loans out there and everything. Are there any grants out there? Uh, for, for the veteran? For veterans going to school or a veteran starting their own business? Um, yes, depending. there are. There are, there are. There's a variety of, of funding and programs that are available and it depends on you know one what their needs are or, or what their interests are or it depends on you know if they have disability ratings and simply utilizing the GI bill itself has been an uh, this the new GI bill is an excellent program it pays entirely for their schooling and it pays them while they go to school it's approximately it's somewhere around $1400 a month so they have a job and it's going to school and, and that's an excellent program. It's, it's the best um, benefits that veterans have ever had. A lot of veterans, when they get out, have, have started families. And it's kind of hard to go to school if you don't have any income coming in. So consequently, in the past, the veteran would take a job, part-time job, sometimes even full-time, and try to work nights. And, um, and there'd be a, a much higher dropout rate because life can take away from from the schooling. You know, there's too many other things happening. Do the uh, school benefits, um, if you went to school part-time rather than full-time, um, are those benefits still available, or is it a little bit different? Right. It's, it's scaled differently. It's scaled down if you're going part-time. But full-time is, um, full-time student is considered by, by the... Uh, Amount of credits. Right. As long as they take uh, 12 credits... That's considered full-time, and, and they can take more if they want. Naturally, when we first talk to them, I, I try to, um, when I'm talking to a veteran, I try to talk as many of them as possible into starting out in night school. Uh, when I came back and went back to school, that's what I did, and I found the classes were a little smaller, the, so the, the instructor spent more time with you, and, and the instructor's pretty much figured that most people going to night school are working or aren't available during the day. So for me, I, found, I thought the grading was a little easier because I, I got great grades in night school. Then when I went to day school, I found <laughs> it's a little tougher here. But, so I, I recommend it, it's a good way for them to get started. Also, when veterans come back out of the service, they're eligible for unemployment compensation, all veterans. So when a veteran gets discharged, he can and should apply for unemployment. That's another way for them to ease their way back into civilian life. So they're not immediately going to, uh, unless they're going back to a job already. But if they're not going back to a job, they're eligible for unemployment compensation. And if they go to night school, they're still able and available for full-time first shift work. So they can actually collect unemployment while going to school. That, That might only be a semester's worth, but it certainly helps them get right. all their affairs in orders and come up with a, a budget so that they know what they need. Yeah. And sometimes I think, you know, 
the mentality can be with veterans and without. You know, if I go to school right now, I'll, you know, it's too late. But four years down the road, if you would have said, you're going to still say it's too late, but you could have, you could be done. You know, you could have an associate's degree or a bachelor's degree under your belt. Um, what's, what's difficult about that is you're looking at a 10-year window. When you get out of the service, you have 10 years to use your federal benefits. If you don't use them, you lose them. So it is important for them to get into school as quickly as possible. Like you said, life does get in the way. Life takes over, and and you can come out of this with with basically with nothing. If and I've talked to veterans that have that's happened to. The state of Wisconsin is one of the leading states in the country uh, for bene- state benefits, and the state of Wisconsin has done something about that. For all the older veterans. Uh, veterans that didn't have this GI Bill or lost, have gone beyond their 10 years. Any individual that went into the service from the state of Wisconsin as a Wisconsin resident is eligible for what is called the Wisconsin GI Bill, which allows them to go to any state school, any of the UW system schools or state-funded technical schools, and their tuition is waived. So it's an excellent opportunity for That's awesome. Yeah, for these veterans that have lost their federal benefits to get back in and you know, as you know, the majority of when you go to school, the majority of cost is just the tuition. So right. their tuition is waived and they need to come up and they can come up with as you asked before, there's some grants available. Mhm that uh, will help them with their books and fees. Right. And so if, if, you know, if a veteran wanted to take the first steps to going back to college, I know that alone can be really intimidating. Um, do, could, they, could they come to you or would, would you recommend they go to the actual school and talk to um, an advisor um, or do both? I would say do both. Uh, by coming to us, we can clarify a few of the, the points, uh, a few of the questions that they may have. And all of the schools, almost all of the, the public schools, uh, and I'm sure most of the private ones too. I haven't I haven't had a lot of experience with the private schools, but most schools out there have a veterans advisor mm-hmm. in each school. MATC has one, UWM has a, a veterans advisor. So those individuals, that's their function, that's their job to help get the veterans into the educational system and cut through the the maze that is out there when you first come back. Because you're right, it can be, for somebody who's been out of that for a long period of time, it could be a little bit confusing. Right. Well, I think that there there are a lot of options out there, and I think that just knowing that, um, you know, going to school or help with finding a job out there is, is definitely encouraging for any veterans coming home. And I thank you for what you do. And um, I thank all the veterans out there for doing what they do. Do you have any, anything else that you would like to, to recommend or give advice on? Well, I'd I just like to, um, again, say that whatever you do, at least make one contact with us. It might only be 15 minutes, a half hour, or an hour out of your day or out of your life, but we can really help um, give you some ideas or guidelines. For older veterans, we find they're not as skilled with, um, with computers and, and the work search, and uh, we can just give them tips on work search. We can even uh, get them into the uh, Division of Employment and Training, has some, from, some free classes, some workshops on doing that better. It's free. We don't have the time to do that with each individual, so they can go through that program and they can learn how to do a better job. I would recommend to all veterans that they look at not just our website, 
but they look at um, websites such as yours, wonkyjobs.com. Right. Um, it's important to, to get, out, get yourself out there in as many places as possible. Also, bring a resume when you come in to see us because we'll, we're trained to edit, and to edit resumes. And um, even though it's subjective, it's amazing how many things that we can uh, change on a resume to make it more attractive. Right. And there's lots of resources out there for veterans uh, that are jo- you know, job seekers. Using ours as an example, um, the localjobnetwork.com, I mean, we have a resources tab that has hundreds and hundreds and thousands of, um, you know, articles that are written by HR professionals that cover anything from interviewing tips to resume building to, you know, coming home as a veteran. And, we, of course, we have, you know, shows like this on our LJN radio. So, you know, there are resources out there, and just sometimes it's just letting them know that they're there and um, helping out as, as far as you do. But other than that, um, thank you so much for coming in today. I had a great time talking with you, and I think that uh, there's a lot of hope for veterans out there and their job seeking and uh, not to be discouraged. Well, thank you for having me.